0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni with Welcome to the Neighborhood, and we have Tom Clifford on here,
0: Hello, and
1: hi Hello. Tom, how are you, and are you? Jeremy, is that you? <clears throat>
0: Hello guys, I'm here. We're, oh. We're sitting in the RV um after completing the walk.
2: Audience applause, audience applause. Yeah!
1: You did a great job, Jeremy. It was fantastic. Absolutely. Just fantastic. That's awesome. So, do you want to give us your initial comments uh, that you're sitting down and you don't have to walk anywhere for tomorrow <laughs> or the next day or
0: um although i've got a, i've got a lot of work to do in 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 my garden here in saratoga to, uh, probably over the weekend and i'm helping my girlfriend Laurie who runs the Backstretch workers uh, community garden at the track here on sundays there's going to be a lot of uh, work in two gardens over the weekend so um but i'm grateful not to uh have to wear walking shoes again oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, Jeremy, I'm I'm so impressed by all, by you making so many miles every day. Just seeing the pictures and uh, Tony posted that you there's been over thirty thousand dollars in pledges so far.
0: Yeah, that's what I believe, and you know, uh, donations are still coming in. And uh, I had emails of support and text messages from jockeys. Um, down at Belmont Park earlier today, you know, and uh, things like that just you know motivate you um, to walk a bit faster and further.
1: Uh huh.
2: By the way, Millie, well, that's thirty thousand and one dollars for the oh good yes, luck. Oh yes, thirty thousand
1: and one. The the good <laughs> luck one dollar, right? <laughs> Kept the bears away for sure. Um, and you talk, and you know, Jeremy, it's so many people. The connection that you've made. Um, bringing different groups of people together that I think will have a longer term effect. I know more people want to donate, and we haven't really had time to get all your pictures together and push them out to everybody, so we know there'll be more, but you've made a tremendous contribution in connecting people, so... um we really thank you everyone really thanks you and it'll be very exciting to see things over the next couple of weeks as we as we all get them together so um, uh, what do you think uh, one thing I really enjoyed seeing you at the FDR museum and then I love that picture with you with the statues and also you stopped at a, a kitchen that just the people there, stuff looked great. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that.
0: Um, yes. Um, Beth's Farm uh, Kitchen in Stuyvesant, New York, we actually took a detour because I, I, was walked, I crossed over the uh, Rip Van Winkle from the east side of the Hudson to the west side on Sunday evening and on Tuesday we'd been invited to go um, to Stuyvesant so we crossed uh, back over uh, the Hudson and went to this marvelous, uh, I don't, uh, it was really a converted house, um, w- which is now a jam, I suppose, a, a jam, 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 cake and chutney factory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we would, I, we tell you, and I tasted all the chutneys, uh, they, um, said, they asked me which one I preferred. And they, and then they said they were going to send back, uh, a jar of that, uh, to my mother back in london which i i know she'd love they gave us a huge uh box of jam squares and actually that's going to fortify um um tony uh on his trip down towards belmont park i i hear that he's he may be meeting up with tom after uh, after he's um finished the drive
2: we're going to try every avenue he has an early flight tomorrow but i'm staying up late and i'm sure we're going to toast uh a couple of jam bars
1: i'll bring him with me tom
2: you got it man i'll be there
1: um yeah tony um so tony i know you made uh you made everything happen so we knew jeremy where he was getting you kept us posted throughout the day so um we knew he wasn't getting totally rained on or except for that one day and when he arrived and uh What would you say the highlight, if you can say, if there was one highlight of the trip for you or just the whole thing?
2: Well, the whole trip for me, I mean, I've I've always known that Jeremy's got a huge heart. And this this trip just really proved how much he's willing to give to other people. And I am so amazingly proud of him. I know. I think we, yeah,
1: I think we, mm mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's funny. From the outside, you can you can create awareness, and from the inside, you can create change. And uh, that thirty thousand, and I'm sure a lot of well wishers and a lot more pledges will be coming in just for that matter. And it's it's a great cause, both of them. So we're all proud um, of that.
1: Yeah. Now, Jeremy, maybe uh, you could just tell us a little bit. You on one of the other segments, you did tell us a little bit about. The uh, Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund, but maybe give us a little bit of uh, inf- more information for people who didn't hear that, and then also the things how you've been involved in Anna House.
0: Um, to start with Anna House. Well, how I got involved with Anna House is very very simple. Um, I first came to Saratoga for about say I would say of about less than a week, ten years ago, in the summer of 2001. And a friend of mine picked me up at the train station, and I asked her what we were going to uh, do this week, and I thought it was, I don't know, go out, um, go to the races most day, uh, go out to eat or whatever. And she said to me, well, I hope you don't mind. I've signed you up to volunteer at a gala tomorrow night. And it turned out to be Anna House's gala, uh, Anna House hadn't even been opened. It was a year and a half before the doors even opened in 2003, and they've been stuck with me ever since. <laughs> um, but with the PDJF, because I've been involved with Anna House for up for about eight years before I even first thought about this walk, I discussed it, and we thought that we would it would be better as Anna House, you know, is predominantly. Belmont Park, and is well-known in New York State, but maybe isn't well-known outside of New York, that we needed perhaps a a national charity um, to go with it. And we we discussed about, I guess, a short list list of about four or five charities. And then the PDJF came up. And really my only knowledge of the PDJF up to that point
2: you know, would Jeremy, just explain that acronym, if you don't mind, would you?
0: The, the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. Um, my own knowledge of them up to that point was I've attended various functions they've had in Saratoga, low-key fundraising events. They always used to play state police. The jockeys used to play the state police in a softball game. There's normally a jockeys basketball game. And then I started to think uh, when I went onto their website that there are 60 Disabled, permanently disabled jockeys in North America, and they actually could only really name three or four of them. And if a racing fan can only know name three or four of them, it means that uh, the public uh, probably wouldn't be able to name any of them, and also the public probably have no idea on how dangerous a jockey's life really is. You know, top-class jockeys who ride from the age of 18 to around 45 or maybe 50 probably have somewhere between 30,000 and 40,000 career rides. And that's 30,000 to 40,000 times they put their lives on the line, and that doesn't even count every time they get on a horse in the morning, and they probably get on maybe 40 to 50 a week in the morning. And, you know, cumulatively, it is the most dangerous sport in the, in the world. But I'm sure the public think that, you know, falling out of a plane or mountaineering is far more dangerous. So if there's one message to the public is that um, that horse racing really is a dangerous sport for the, for the riders. And those that uh, suffer injuries need um, to be, uh, need better care.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, and what you just said was so true because uh, I know some about, uh, a little bit about racing just from Anna House. So I'm one of those people I had never heard of the cause until you it was presented as you were doing the walk. So I think your your thinking is great for letting people know, and I think a lot more people do know. Um, and, um, so now you also contribute to HRTV, right? Yes, I do. And for those of you who don't know, you want to just tell us a little bit so people can find you there. Um, I know you're on Facebook, but why don't you just talk about some of the things that you do for HRTV?
0: Well, HRTV um, is, is one of the two satellite channels in the US that broadcasts horse racing. Um, it's, a, it, it's really, I think, mainly on dish. Yeah, mainly only on um, for people who've got Dish Network uh, TV. So if you're on Time Warner Cable, as most of the people up in Saratoga are, you won't be able to receive it. But I shoot video uh, and video diaries for HRTV mainly in Europe, but also here in Saratoga, and also uh, at the Breeders' Cup in November, which is the um, May World Championship event, which moves around uh, racetracks in in North America. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, just so while we're on that vein, um, you have, you're on Facebook under The Walking Brit, and um, so that's one place they'll be able to, people can find some additional pictures. I still have a video clip of the RV, which I hadn't had time to put up. Uh, You kept us all very busy, I'll tell you, trying to, like, keep up with, you know, all the content you were producing. Um, And you're also on Facebook as Jeremy Edge. And you're your Twitter, what was your Twitter? I know we're on Twitter, but I can't remember oh, that no,
0: one. The, the Twitter was the Walking Brit as well. I'll just tell you, Mildred, that what Tony and I did was that he would shoot the early morning um, video uh, on his phone and he said so he would upload it um, to Facebook or, or wherever straight away. On most mornings, if I had the backpack with me, I would take the camera that I use uh, to shoot videos for HRTV, and I would shoot a load of photos. And then at a certain point, whether it be halfway through the day or maybe the next morning, I would give my camera to Tony, perhaps if I came to a part in the route where I didn't think there was going to be anything interesting to film, so he could transfer all my um, all my stuff on um, onto, um so everyone could see it. We, we started off with two computers, uh, but unfortunately, the one that uh, came from Anna House, uh, the uh, charger wouldn't um, uh, wouldn't charge the, uh, the the battery. So we were down to one laptop, uh, but we tag teamed very well.
1: Uh, And I know the pictures were great, and to just see you and um, to really, honestly, Jeremy, especially the first couple days, to know that you got there safely, you know, because, I mean, you picture, I I, I don't know what, you know, we were all just, ah, Jeremy's there, okay, good, you know what I mean? So um, it really, using all the technology, I think it was fun. I mean, it was fun for us and I think it was fun for everybody else and I think um to to get the two causes out, uh to really let people know who might not have run into it, even uh, family as we push it out and Tony's family and to start to to give people the information, um I think it was great. Uh what do you do? You think you uh, picked the right amount of miles per day? I know you trained; you really trained well. So, if you want to just say a little bit about that, and, and was your plan uh, really? You think right on? You you seem to get there right on time. So,
0: um, the train the training the training worked really well in the really by the end of it. When I was in England, I got very lucky that I had, eight, as I said to you before, I had eight weeks in England where it only rained three days. You know, apparently now it's pouring with rain in, in like normal every day over there. But i trained really to to walk 25, 30 miles, I think, every day. And I only really needed to do 16, 17 here. So I thought I had a lot of mileage actually left in the tank. Um, you know, so... Um, Blisters started to appear, actually fairly early. Because I think I made a mistake with socks um, on the first on the on the day that Tom walked with me from Belmont, and the and the day when I walked through Harlem and the Bronx towards Yonkers. And I think if I hadn't made that mistake, I would have been blister free whole trip. My neck is um, burnt to a cinder. Uh, oh, the back no. of my neck is unbelievable. I, I'm not in any pain. The um, the biggest problem that Tony and I had is that I'm from England, he's from California. Neither <laughs> has ever driven up Route Nine. Um, you know, um, we, we I think we really worked well. We were very lucky that a friend of a, a friend of mine in Saratoga lent us his GPS, and that was a real boon to Tony because uh, that got us through. Uh, I think. Um, a number of times when we could have been separated for hours on, on end. Um, the rain the last few days, it poured with rain on, yesterday. Wednesday it poured up here in San Antonio I was a bit luckier um, on Wednesday. But, um, you know, apart from losing Tony on the subway within an hour of meeting him off the plane on, uh, on two <laughs> Wednesdays ago, actually nothing at all has gone wrong.
1: That's great. And you think the miles? So really, it um, it you you planned it. So it was you still were. Um, I know you had enough just in case it did rain and you had to catch up. So, but fifteen, sixteen was a good day's walk. You think? Yeah, the,
0: uh, the uh, well up till the th- we got completely dry weather eight of the first ten days. And in those days, I think I walked 22 miles three days, and the lowest was 13, but the rest were in the 15, 16, 17 region. What, the where, where we, where we, where we did well was when it started to rain on Wednesday morning. For the last three days, I actually only needed to do 32 miles, so I'd already broken back of the of the main mileage. So um, we did get lucky that yesterday when it poured. I actually only had to do twelve, and today, when it looked like it was going to rain, I only had to do eight. So uh, it could have got it could have been a lot different if we'd had two, three days of rain on the days when uh, when I either needed to do twenty two miles or I had somebody walking with me, uh, you know, who would have been slowed down because if they slowed down, I slowed down. Right.
1: Did you like walking? I mean, when you had to make a lot of miles. Do you prefer walking by yourself or do you want somebody to walk with you but you don't talk?
0: Um I have one um that uh, one gentleman Bob Giordano who is well known here in Saratoga walked all 22 miles with me on Sunday and then he hiked 9 yesterday cuz I did a trail. Uh for most of the day he did another 9 yesterday. Now he walks at a fast pace and we can also we can also chat. So that was great. Most of the people actually kept up a, a fast pace. But when I really need the pace, at top pace I can walk four and a half miles an hour and not many people are going to be able to keep up with me. Um, there were only a couple of times, you know, people have warned me, um, uh, somebody connected with TV said three months ago, God, if he keeps that pace up, uh, you know, he's not going to make um, the first week. But so when I went back to England, I actually—I I worked out that I walk 130 paces a, a minute, and I basically count out the paces up to about 1,300. So 10 minutes travelled, mm-hmm. so rather like rather like a jockey. If a jockey in the U.S. is told to uh, work his horse five furlongs in 59 seconds, he's got a clock in his head. But I'd actually got close to that. That I was able fairly fairly close to being able to walk a 15-minute mile when my mind previously would probably say i'm going to walk a 13-minute mile but hey there's no need to walk a 13-minute mile because uh, you don't need to walk at 13-minute mile pace the only thing you're going to do is um tie yourself out and um not be able to finish this
1: so and you didn't have an ipad with you did you an ipod to listen to music you just Walked, or did you?
0: Did, I didn't have a. I I I actually had a a uh, an FM radio in the bags with in a, t- a tiny one that it could that have, could, have, could have gone in my pocket and I could have just put it in, me, in my ears. But I decided not to. I decided two things that I w- I was not I was not going to um, I would answer the phone if people phone. Um but I wasn't going to send any texts, tweets, Facebook on the road because I thought it would be too dangerous. And the other uh, the other thing that I um, I wouldn't do would be to have the earpiece for the radio in, because a lot of the areas that I was going in, if I was having the directions to turn onto a certain street, I'd be listening to a piece of music or an interesting piece on a news station, if I missed the intersection. And some of the places we were going through, like Route 9D between cold spring and beacon i mean the road i mean tony drove it later and he he saw how dangerous it was you know the hard shoulder was about two inches wide mm. and it was turning you know if anyone had an you know an ipod in their in their ear and was walking on the hard shoulder there they they get they get distracted there were four crosses there uh on the road for either drivers and pedestrians who uh, hadn't, hadn't made that stretch of road, and the shopkeeper told me not to walk on it. But, but I had no option, because uh, if I had to go back and go another way, it would have been a 15-mile detour. So I went very slowly and uh, made sure um, that I got to the other end.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting even here because that's what we were trying to picture, what you were thinking and how, you know, how... You the actual mechanics of the walk. When you trained in uh, in London, were you on a treadmill or did you go out and actually walk? Um, or,
2: um.
0: In London, I did two things. I I walked around the city um, just to get used to walking long distances on city sidewalks. Uh-huh. Uh, I then went on to into sort of urban parks. We have a park in. Southwest London, surrounded by uh, you know urban areas, but it's 8,000 acres and it has a seven and three-quarter mile trail. So I two circuits around that actually would rep- replicated a, uh, a an average day's walk. And then finally, I graduated to Hill, south of London, about 800 feet above sea level, uh, and because I knew that coming into the Catskills, just south of Catskill, there would be sort of quite steep hills, and it was there that I sort of cranked the training up, uh, and I finished doing 25, 30 miles a day in those wow. hills. Mm.
1: Yeah, you really had a plan. Did did uh, a trainer help you with any of this, or did you figure you, you just came up with it yourself?
0: I came up with a plan because in, in 25 years ago, I'd hiked all these trails before, so I had an idea... I had an idea what um, what would uh, work and what wouldn't. The only thing that was completely new to me, and that was walking on the hard shoulder of a road because you can't. I can't really do that in England. I did a bit here in Saratoga, but there are patches of the hard shoulder uh, where it's really wide and you're in no danger uh, at all. It was what I but I couldn't. Um, I couldn't train for, but that was the one patch of road, one patch of road I've just mentioned where the horn shoulder was only an inch or two wide, and also there was a uh, seven-mile stretch from Croton to um, Peekskill that was, um, it was basically, it it was legal to walk on, but it was as busy as the I-87, you know, the Northway. So there I thought, um that for sure uh, about six cop cars passed me as i was heading my, heading my way up i was sure that one of them would stop and actually uh the whole route the whole route um upwards the only um the only police car that stopped was actually the car that tony had uh, asked for because we got a police escort uh, for the last mile into to the finish line
1: uh huh um, did you have any trouble sleeping at night, or and either you or Tony, because you had a big time difference and you had to go to sleep to get up, right? Well, so,
0: well, well, I'll talk. I'll ask I'll get Tony to answer that first because I've been in the country five weeks before the walk. So, but he, of course, was uh, only came in from California on Wednesday, so he can sort of answer for that better. I actually felt pretty darn good.
1: Good, and you guys got along, obviously, you're both still together. You made it through the route,
2: yeah, we haven't killed each other yet, yeah <laughs> uh
1: um any uh we have about three minutes uh three and a half minutes left uh and I hope Jeremy and Tony that we can do. A wrap up in a week or so, some comments once we get all the pictures Because I know um I know I have a couple of of other questions and I'm sure Tom will too, but um any comments about the trip? I'm sure you're glad you did it, um uh Tony and then and then Jeremy can wrap up.
2: Yeah, I'm very glad I did it. It's been a, a very incredible experience.
1: And, um, and you've really done a great job, like I say, letting us know his status and when he's got there and where he is. And, and it really, it really helped. It really made a difference. It was, it's been really fun getting to know you, um, online. And, um, I, like I say, I hope we'll talk again. Jeremy, so you want to wrap up with any final words here about,
0: yes. Well, I'll be happy to do a wrap-up show. I'll be, when I do that show, if it's in a week's time, I'll be phoning in from the banks of the River Thames in London because I fly home on Monday, get home on Tuesday. I'll be back for the racing season here, which starts um, four weeks today. But, um... I'll be phoning you probably with a warm beer in hand and uh, jelly deals, iron mash or whatever, disgusting <laughs> uh, disgusting food uh, or fish and chips uh, uh, with the skin on. No. <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: what is he you know, talking about with the skin on? And tell me, yeah. how how is it played into when you said, I'll remember this from 25 years ago when I was here. Things, the, the, the topography has changed. But you still remember, huh? Some of yeah. the walking you said you were there twenty five years ago and I remember twenty five years ago that, that that boulder was right there. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Uh, I
0: mean. The um I uh it's been a wonderful experience. Um we've met, you know, I mean just just the one example would it be these uh wonderful ladies from this Chutney and Jam factory who we We had no idea even existed 24 hours before somebody, and really we were connected with them because Tony uh, misunderstood a a message on Twitter (laughs) uh, a day earlier, and then a day later we're sitting down um, with five jars of chutney in front of each other. (laughs) Um, uh, But, you know, we've met so many uh, friendly people, because obviously, um, the minute from the minute I left Belmont, really to the point that we got to Albany, we were out of um, in a way our comfort zone. Because I, you know, we were away from the fist track. It was only in Albany when you know media interest started um, to come um, to bear fruit. But even 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 on the way up, people were kind to us when they asked us what we were doing. And uh, you know, there's so many things that I've done on this trip uh, that I've never done before. And I think. Saying for Tony, I, you know, I've never crossed um, a bridge into Manhattan. I've never walked through Central Park. I've never walked through Harlem. I've never walked through the Bronx. And at four p.m. on the second day, I've done all of them. Oh, so that's Tony, great! We Tony's have done just... a whole lot of things that he's never done before,
1: and and that's great, Jeremy. We want to thank you so much. We just have a few seconds. We really appreciate your efforts, everyone. Who will benefit from it really appreciate and we look forward to speaking with you soon. So thank you so much. And we've got and we'll post all your links and everything. So now enjoy your your weekend. You can relax. Thank you so much.
2: Enjoy your garden.
1: Bye bye. Proud of you guys.
2: Both of you.